What do you think about this? I think this is why we couldn't stay in character the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this, like, this lawsuit is shit. We come bearing sweets to numb the sting of defeat. Welcome to episode 69 on the Promo Upfront Podcast. I'm one of your substitute hosts, Kirby Lasso. And with me, my friend on the pitch, he's here, he's there, he's every effing where, Bill Kent. Bill Kent, how you doing today, Bill? Let's just get on with it. <laughs> if that's a joke, I love it. If not, can't wait to unpack it later. I'm so excited to do this podcast I feel like we fell out of a lucky tree, hit every branch on the way down, and end up in a pool of cash on in Sour Patch Kids. I uh, I never know how to react when a grown man does a cabbage patch in front of me. <laughs> Good eye, small fry. You know, Roy, doing the right thing is uh, Roy, Bill, Bill Kent. Doing the right thing is never the wrong thing, and I want to tell you that if you are a distributor, stepping onto the soapbox is the right thing. Soapbox is a one-on-one brainstorming platform designed for deeper dive conversations. They've extracted the most productive elements of those in-person hosted buying events. Those formats have created a custom online platform that offers streamlined and improved experience for distributors. It's super manageable. It's only two hours of your time a month, four weeks in advance. So you have time to fit it in your schedule. It's convenient. You can join from your car, your train, home, home office, every effing where. doesn't matter. Simple, it's the easiest virtual platform to navigate in the industry. Plus, it's conversational. You know, we love a great conversation, one-on-one meetings, focus on your account base. Plus, there's a great supplier mix from top 40 suppliers to hidden gems to expand your network and create relationships. And here's the thing. We've even got the uh, the police coming down to uh, make sure you know it's a big deal. It's free. It's free for distributors. You love it, don't you, Bill Kent? All I know is all the other online platforms are shit. So if you want to get selling stuff, you get on the soapbox. And I never thought you'd stop flapping your gums over there with your mustache and your Americanisms. I love it. I love it. The soapbox is currently on board of new distributors. And if you sell more than 500K a year, you qualify. Step on the, To step up on the soapbox, complete the request info form at promosoapbox.com or send an email to info at promosoapbox.com. You will not be sorry you did. Now, Bill Kent, I don't know about you, but I am confident we're going to have a great podcast. I mean, if I didn't have any confidence, I would have never worn pajamas to my prom and ended up in jail the rest of the night. I think we're going to do just fine. This audience, does it deserves to feel like they've been struck by fucking lightning. Don't you dare set up a fine. <laughs> You are more mysterious than David Blaine reading the Sue Grafton novel Area 51, but I dig it. Let's go. All right, can we stop this now? <laughs> I hope so. Kirby Lasso, Bill Kent. Uh, I, I, I think you got to leave the mustache on. Uh, so terrible. Maybe not. For those of you listening, uh, Kirby was wearing full Ted Lasso regalia. I'm wearing uh, my Roy Kent kit. 
uh, and uh, we're having a good time. I'm actually going to turn off the background, Kirby, because I know, like you, we're neither one of us are fans of the virtual background. So I'm going to kill mine. Uh, if that's okay with you, you can leave yours up if you want. It looks good. Oh, no, there. that's great. I don't mind changing it if I can figure out how. Yeah. So go ahead. figure out. Yeah. All right. So uh, here we are. It is a promo from podcast. I think, you know, we've been podcasting you and I for, I don't know what, six years or whatever. That's the first time you've actually read the sponsor read. So <laughs> honestly, you did a great job. I might be out of a gig after this. Uh, I, I, really Lasso. I really doubt it, but I feel good. Other than the mustache, I felt pretty good about the whole thing, including... Yep. I don't know if you noticed, but I made myself I did. a little coachish jersey. Yep. Yep. And I've got my kit on, my long sleeve kit. So it's a little chilly today here in uh, Nashville. I think we're both doing well. It is the week of Halloween. So we thought we'd have a little bit of fun. Uh, there is no way we could do the entire podcast that way. Not a chance in hell. Now, Kirby, this is the Promo Front Podcast as you effort to turn off your virtual. Uh, yeah, I, I've virtual. given up. It's just going to be on. Uh, if you click under the uh, stop video, or, or yeah, there's a carrot that says choose virtual background, you can get rid of it, be done with it, or okay. not. It doesn't matter. I don't see it. That's all right. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? I'll put all mine right. back up then. Anyway, uh, but um, where was I? Oh, hey, it is the promo from podcast. See, this <laughs> is throwing us all whacked out now. Yeah. Uh, it is a promo from podcast. Kirby, you are going to tell us what our first topic is of the day. And I want to say, first of all, that was a great Ted Lasso. I thought you did fantastic. And I know the fan, the guys over at SoFox loved your read. So thank you. That was a lot of fun. Well, credit, all credit is you. You you wrote up the script. So all I had to do is kind of follow along. And I, I really just keep talking with the mustache on. That was just I, I can't tell you how much hair there was everywhere. I felt like it was a better Mike Ditka. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, I, I wanted to jump in on, uh, you know, the expos coming up. And yeah. uh, we've been talking a bit about that. And, uh, it, you know, in the interest of transparency, we are uh, speaking at Expo. And so I'm excited about that. And, um, and I, I actually don't know the top the the title of the thing, but it's essentially talking about that there were, through the pandemic, um, especially after that, you know, I think it was Q2 of uh, 2020, most everybody really struggled during that quarter. But third and fourth, there were actually supply or distributors who did well. And I think our whole hypothesis is we want to talk about those folks who did well during that time. And then what can we learn from them so that we can all move forward? Does that make sense? Is that, is that, yeah, am I accurate about that? Um, yep, yep. And so um, what, I wanted to do was a kind of talk about that and see if there was any things that kind of popped off the top of your head. And then B, I think you and I both wanted to kind of reach, reach out to the audience, I guess, for lack of a better term and say, Hey, if yeah. you were one of those, those distributors that really did well, cause not everybody did 78% of distributors in the third quarter of 2020 were down, which is a big right. number. That's a huge number. And so if you were one of those that was not, uh, I would like to know exactly some of the strategies you've used so that we can tap into the, what do you call it? Like the three or four people who listen to us on a regular basis and, uh, and uh, see, see to make sure that we're, we're actually doing this the right way. So uh, a, does, did I do a good synopsis of it? And B, was there yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about? That? No, I think, you know, we know that uh, I think I, I said this on the podcast and if I haven't, I, have thought about saying it on the podcast and I've said it to other people. Mm-hmm. The we will look back on the pandemic as the greatest opportunity to reset our businesses that we ever had. Yeah. Because there were so many outside forces forcing 
everyone to change the way they did business. Um, I think we're going to look back on the people who didn't make it. Why? Why did certain companies not make it? We're going to look at the companies that survived. But the most important of the three, I think, and I think this is where we're focusing on, the ones that thrived. And it wasn't because they sold a uh, F ton of PPE. Yeah. Why did they thrive? What did they do differently? How did they not bury their heads in the sand and say, I'm going to create the change I want. There are things I can't control. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out what I can control and I'm doing that. So that's what we want to hear about. Um, we have some good, we have a good starting place, but we would love some real anecdotal evidence uh, that we just don't know. Yeah. And PS, I figured out how to change my background. So I appreciate you. Oh, well then I'll take mine off too then. Cool. Uh, I just want to look, I just want to look like you Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you're too kind. You know, it, I think that we have, have a start and, and, you know, at Hosman Marketing, we were pretty blessed. We, we did pretty well. Um, and we weren't one of those people. I think, I think part of the idea you mentioned about PPE is we want to address the, that because I think those who were down, every time I talk to them and somebody and say, hey, you know, there were certain people who did, oh, well, they just sold PPE and that's how they did it. Yeah. And I right. want to, I think that that's a little bit of a cop out. And so- yeah want to give people something that they can build off of so that in 2022 you no know question and beyond and beyond they're doing well so that's that was my promo up front and it ties to the expo i hope that's hope that's cool well and and i've got to tie into that with my next topic i, okay. I you know so you we just talked about we were giving a talk at expo in 2022 about you know how do people shift their business for the future and i don't know if you saw this but asi had the power summit Mm-hmm. Um, last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember, but they did a panel on predicting promos future. Okay. Mm. And the okay. panelists were Sai uh, uh, Kapika from uh, the CEO of Discount Mugs, Dan okay. Pantano, CEO of Alpha Broder, Brenda Angelini, who is uh, president of Proforma uh, Angelini Martin and Associates, a Proforma uh, affiliate, okay. and CJ Schmidt, the president of HIT. Mm. And the consensus was that the collectively collective industry sales will be up. Uh, will rise in 2022 and rise in 2023. Now, what really, really interests me is there are quite a few on the panel that felt that uh, it will surpass the record revenue of 27, I'm sorry, 25 billion in 2019, the pre-pandemic. I wanted to get your take on that. I wanted if you know you had a crystal ball to kind of look at what do you think as an industry, I'm not talking about Hassaman marketing, I'm talking about as an industry, you know, we had, you know, during the, the last recession we had, the non-pandemic uh, influenced recession we had, you know, we dropped from, I think it was about $22 billion to 16. You remember that big old yeah. dip in 2013, 2014. Now we've just experienced another one. It took a while to get back to it, if, to get back from the 2013, 2014 levels. It looks like there's some predictions from some people that think we're going to springboard right back. And I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. I um, and obviously the folks that are sitting on the panel are probably more in touch with that sort of thing than me. I, I guess no, they're really, smarter than both you and I combined. Yeah, yeah every single sure. one of them individually. Yeah, absolutely. I I kind of buy it though, um, and, mm-hmm. and so because right now it's funny. There are very few distributors or suppliers that you talk to that say, "Dude, the sales just aren't there," right? Yeah. Demand is there. Now, I will say it's fascinating because the drop-off was so uh, quick and so (laughs) 
what's that? Instantaneous. Instantaneous. Just about. Right? But but also it was a big one. It wasn't like hey, it dropped ten percent. I mean, it, like like we said, uh, Q two uh, distributors were saying seventy eight percent down. That's huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think by the end of the year, the ASI was predicting a, a ginormous. I forget what the, the with the final number they said. It was like forty some percent, which is a again a huge number. So for it to come back just like that, that's a big thing to overcome. But I think it's the, it's the circumstances, right? Where mm-hmm. when we, when it came, when it went back in previous years, it was because the economy dictated right. it. This was dictated because mm-hmm. everybody had to stay home and events got canceled. Right. It wasn't because people weren't able to buy um, or weren't, didn't have the budget or didn't have the revenue. And yeah, I think I'm talking a lot, but I think the around to say, yeah, I kind of buy it. And again, okay. it's certainly in our business, it seems so, fragile right mm-hmm. now because yeah. of the supply chain and the labor crisis and stuff like that. But the right. one thing we're not running into is people going, Oh, I just can't buy because we don't have the revenue. Yeah. And so I, I don't fall too far from you, but as you have one concern, so I mean, this, the, the supply chain, that's, that's the big bugaboo here, right? If it lasts a long time, which it might, right. then, then it doesn't matter. I, I agree with you hundred percent. The demand is there. I think, one thing the pandemic proved was the uh, efficacy of promotional merchandise, especially yeah. when used so well. Yeah. So I don't think it's a problem with demand. It's will the supply be there? But let's assume it is. The only other thing I'm really concerned about, her, Kirby, with this, because I, I, it to me, it's a trampoline effect, right? That's what we're looking at. That's what we're hoping for, that we jump just as high as we yeah. were. Yeah. I'm starting to get a little concerned about hyperinflation. I, I'm already starting to see it a little bit. Um, and certainly gas prices are skyrocketing. And now in the grocery stores, starting to see it with uh, commodity commoditized goods. So if we don't get a cap on that, that's going to lead us into a recession. That hyperinflation will absolutely lead us into a recession. So I think, you know, again, outside forces can't control inflation. It just it is. And part of that is the supply chain issues and supply right. and demand. But I do, I am concerned about hyperinflation. So I I want it to rebound. I think it probably will, but I think there's some, I think it's going to be closer to the end of 2023-24 than 2022-2023. So say that last part again. I just want to make sure I understand. I think think we'll hit that 25 billion again, closer to the end of 2023 to 2024, as opposed to 2022 in 2023. So a little longer. I think it's just going to take a little bit longer. Although in the grand scheme of things, when we look back, we will say we rebounded quickly. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know that I totally disagree, but I'm telling you that the demand is as strong or more strong right now than ever. So I, I'm with you about the supply chain. The only thing I'd say, the supply chain is a real thing. So I don't like want to yeah. minimize oh, it, yeah. but it's not like there's no product to sell. Like, no, no, no. Like, I, I think that those who are creative distributors are going, okay, I can't get that. And we've been, again, we've been talking yeah, we about, this about this a lot, this. but I, that's what we're seeing happening. We're, we're living through it. And I think as it starts to come back, mm-hmm. then more and more product will be available. So I, I think I lean toward it being back to, I don't know that it's past it, but I think it's back right. to it at the end of 2022. Yeah. Just to be clear, I, I agree. The supply yeah. chain issue, the demand is there. The yeah. demand is there. Yeah. My biggest fear now isn't the supply chain. That will somehow sort itself out. Whether it takes three months, six months, 12 months, it will sort itself out. I'm not worried about that. 
I'm more concerned about the hyperinflation. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. If things cost more than people can afford, that will drive down revenue, period. That's it. Nothing more. Cool. And I just don't know. I don't, I'm not an economist. Uh, right. I did not go to the uh, Kellogg School of Business. Yeah, so. no, that's 100% fair, man. All right, Kirby, you got another topic for us? Well, I'll tell you what, I, just a, this is not a, probably a full long topic. We can make this pretty quick. But, you know, I have been reading uh, about the supply chain remedies that folks mm -hmm. are working on. So this all kind of flows one thing into another. I hope yeah, that's we, all right. This is the first time we've ever done a podcast where the, the transitions are seamless. And I don't, there's nothing jarring that makes you laugh. This yeah. is... This is <laughs> I, I'm, hold on, I'm going to come up with something special. Yeah, it's really annoying, right? It yeah. is. Um, but yeah, uh, so so actually, uh, it was Ann Stone reached out and mm -hmm. talked about, so just was trying to share with us some of the things that yeah. are being done. And I really did try to dig into uh, mm -hmm. one of the articles about it. And it's been fascinating to see what work, obviously the Port of LA uh, has, has mm -hmm. moved to being 24 hours. And then, um, you know, the Long Beach, which I think that's where a lot of people- yeah. It's representative of the holdup, and they're trying to do a lot of yeah. different things there too. I honestly read the article about a lot of the work mm -hmm. that's being done, and I know PPAI is, is I did too, yeah, is reading or is uh, working to try and expedite some of those yeah. solutions. It it was interesting when they started talking about hey they they've got certain things in place that kind of Im impede the progress, and they're getting rid of like some. I'm trying to yeah. think of, like the idea of crane usage and, and different things that they're just right. trying desperately to get, get things moving. Right. And a 30,000 foot view. And, and again, thanks to uh, Ann Stone and Maurice Norris over at PPAI for getting us this stuff. Um, PPAI is, is really trying to get involved with the supply chain crisis. And like I said, 30,000 30, foot view, what they're trying to do is create a shipper's bill of rights um, yeah. through legislation. And what it does, it's going to shift the power of balance, ideally, again, that's the goal of it, right. shift the power of balance from the ocean carriers, where it's at right now, to the entities who are actually doing the shipping, okay? Yeah. And so it's going to require transport companies to ensure they have capacity when entering contact contracts. Uh, it's going to curtail, it's ideally going to curtail price gouging for containers. We know that's a, huge a real problem right now. Right now. Yeah, that's huge. Um It'll uh, and also require all transport companies to certify that they're complying with these laws. Uh, so, you know, and, and there's some opponents out there who are uh, opposing this, just like there are for every issue. Everything, now, this yeah. is a bipartisan bill from what I read. And <coughs> excuse me. So opponents are spreading several myths about the bill, saying that it's uh, they're denying they're denying the severity of the supply chain disruptions. <laughs> As, yep, it's not as as, <laughs> as Bill Kent might say. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, no, uh, absolutely not. I'm putting in, in a rated M on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, they say bill, the bill will cause delay in cargo cargo pickups. I don't know how they could be delayed anymore right now. Yeah, and then they're also blaming supply chain issues on the pandemic based market disruptions. Now there may be some merit to that. Um, but I, I guess my question is, I read through it and great information, and I love that PPAI always takes the lead in, in this for us. Um, I always am wary when we try to fix things with legislation. I'm sure. always a little, but I, the more I dug into this, and, and it's, I would love to tell you it was the most scintillating reading I've done. It's not, <laughs> but it's important. It's important for us uh, to understand what we're talking about. And, and this one makes sense to me. Uh, it's really just a bill to enforce laws that already exist, really. Yeah. 
yeah. that it it, it 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 essentially empowers the U.S. Federal Maritime Commission to uh, enhance the enforcement that already have for these laws. So, I think it's a good thing. Um, I assume you're on the same page. You think it's a good thing? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I you know le- I generally tend to go on less legislation, but at the end of the day, yeah. the idea that this is not an issue is hilarious. Um, no, and, no question. You know, uh, so anything we can do to kind of open this up, I think, you know, if hyperinflation, as we tie one topic yeah. to the next is an issue, opening up the sl- supply chain helps with that. And the idea that it, we've gone from, and I, again, I'm not an expert in shipping, but we, when you go from $3,000 to $20,000 for a container, I, for me, it's hard to argue that that's not price gouging. Um, and right. so trying to protect, uh, you know, I think part of what good legislation does is it protects um, the free market. So, you know, so that, uh, so that it doesn't get out of control. I agree. So if you want to get involved in the advocacy of this, if you want to, it, again, it's a bipartisan bill. If you want to contact your, uh, your legislator, whether they be a house uh, member, I believe this is a house bill or a senator, because it'll, it'll go there too. Uh, contact uh, Maurice Norris. Great guy. I've worked with him on uh, for many years on lead. Uh, always does a great job with Ann organizing that. Email him at Maurice N as in Nancy. M-A-U-R-I-C-E-N at PPAI.org. He'll steer you in the right direction. They have all sorts of tools so you can get involved in that. Now, Kirby, I have a, I, I think we're good on that topic. Oh, right? 100%. Kirby, there's not enough strawberry. <laughs> not enough strawberry. And this is not a supply chain issue, Kirby. Are you, do you know where I'm going with this? Absolutely not. <laughs> Excellent. So I don't know if you heard this, Kirby, but uh, someone who's a customer of Kellogg's, buys their products, has filed a $5 million lawsuit because the brand's marketing is, quote, the brand's marketing is misleading because they give people the impression that the fruit filling in strawberry Pop-Tarts contains a greater and relative, a greater relative and absolute strawberry flavor than it does. Now, please, before you get upset with me, Kirby, indulge me. Thank you. The plaintiff, uh, one Anita Harris from Illinois, also alleges that the product's name, Frosted Strawberry Toaster Pastries, is false, misleading, and deceptive because the filling contains a relatively small amount of non-strawberry fruit ingredients, uh, including pears and apples. Now, if Danny Rosen's listening, Danny, you should add this to your band list immediately. There's a He keeps a list of great weird names that would make a band name. This is one of them non-strawberry fruit ingredient that's a great band name but anyway so the plaintiff wanted more strawberry taste and she failed to receive it due to the greater amount of pears and apples according to the lawsuit now kirby there's more i know you want more (sighs) (laughs) that sigh is everything kirby all right so the lawsuit alleges that other brands (coughs) excuse me like walmart and dollar trees use the phrase naturally and artificially flavored to tip off customers that the product has less strawberry ingredients than consumers might expect. So she cited the Illinois Consumer Fraud and Deceptive Business Practices Act, saying that false and deceptive representations and omissions are likely to influence consumer purchasing decisions. So at its base, it's a marketing lawsuit. It really is. It's a, it's a lawsuit about marketing, Kirby. Yeah. So it, it, I'm almost done, and then you can tell me I'm wrong. It indicates that Kellogg's promotes the strawberries content. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, promotes the product strawberry content and its labeling, marketing, and uh, and its website. So essentially, this lady suing Kellogg's because it didn't live up to their brand promise. Kirby, 
What do you think about this? I think this is why we couldn't stay in character the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this, like, this lawsuit is shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. The idea that you go to a a strawberry pop tart and think that it is anything other than fake goddamn food, you are an idiot and should not be allowed to file a lawsuit. I'm sorry, that's dumb. Second, it's also, please, as our legal system, please throw this out because if not, the lawyer who did this is going to become filthy rich suing every Mm. single cereal company that's ever made a single product, including Quick. Right. It does bring up some some concern, though, because if she is successful and, and unfortunately, she probably has a little bit of merit in her case. Now, I think it's silly, just like you do. It's frivolous, but she probably does have some merit. I mean, she probably does. You don't think that's so, like strawberry? Oh, I don't know. I haven't had a strawberry pop tart in, in, in three hours. I can't I, remember what it tastes like. I, ironically, um, no. for the first time in like years, like, a, yeah. A week ago, I had a strawberry pop tart. I'm not a big, but I was starving, and we had nothing. To right? Eat. It tastes like strawberry. It tastes like strawberry. What the hell? Well, do here's you the want? thing. Here's the thing. I do think if it's successful, it puts everybody's brand at risk, and I'm not oh. joking. It puts everybody's brand at risk. So, <clears throat> I I have an idea. Okay. Me too. I want to make. It's not the same. I want. I want to make more money, Kirby. So I am suing the following four companies for not delivering on their brand promise. Okay. okay. Uh, Five-hour energy drink. I had it. Gave me four hours and 26 minutes of energy. I counted it. Not five hours of energy. I want some money. Kirby Bounty, the paper towel company, they tell me it's the quicker picker-upper. Well, you know what? It takes me just as long to wipe up a mess with, with Bounty as it does with every other paper towel I've ever used. Budweiser, the king of beers, who is the authority that gave them <laughs> that name? What country is this? Are, what dominion do they have? And last, and maybe the most egregious. I kind of like Budweiser, but all right. Xfinity. Their tagline is, this is easy. This is simple. This is awesome. I've been an Xfinity customer, <laughs> Kirby. I can tell you it never was easy. It is the opposite of simple, and it is decidedly not awesome Thank you. Show me my mad Skrilla, yo. <laughs> so yeah, strawberry okay. Pop-Tarts. That's dumb. I just thought it was very funny because I mean, you are really parsing, uh, you know, picking nits or parsing words here. It is a marketing lawsuit and it actually does bear, all joking aside, Yeah, it does bear watching because if they're successful, it's, look out. That sets a terrible precedence. All right, Kirby, I think we've had enough uh, serious talk. I think it's time for the game. So this is episode number 69 for people who don't realize it. So I thought we'd have fun ways. I thought we'd talk about in the game, fun ways to use the number 69, Kirby. Um, Okay, I'm joking. We're not going to do that because I think that made everybody very tense. (laughs) We are going, since we we did our uh, in character, our intro in character, and and I was Bill Kent, you were Kirby Lasso. I thought we'd look at, especially since it's the week of Halloween, I'm going to give you an either or choice of shit British candy. I'm going to tell you what this candy is. You get to decide which piece of candy you'd like to have. I know Uh you're not a big candy guy. Yeah, okay. Not a big sweet guy. I'll do my best. All right. So the first, oh, (laughs) is it time to go? All right. (laughs) Cherry drops, which are basically 
cough drops, or a candy called fruit salad, which is low rent starburst. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go cherry drops. Okay. A crunchy, which is like a crispy rice-based chocolate treat, okay. or arrow bar, milk chocolate with bubbles in it. It's kind of like carbonated chocolate. Ooh, arrow bar. Arrow bar. Okay. Mint humbugs, which according to the internet, which would never tell me a lie, <laughs> not really all that minty, or tutti frutties. Um, it's deceptive, apparently. Uh, it has bright colors, but it's hard as all get out in the middle. I'm going to go. So you can break a tooth. Yeah, okay, you're going to break fruity. a tooth on a tutti frutti. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. All right, a dolly mixture, which is a weird fruit chew candy, or strawberry laces, some sort of low rent Twizzler. I'm going to go strawberry laces, but it better taste like strawberry or I'm suing the manufacturer. I look, I'm telling you, <laughs> let's get, let's get some mad cheddar, yo. Uh, jelly babies. It's condensed jam uh, covered in icing sugar in the shape of babies. <laughs> no, <laughs> no kidding. Absolutely yes. <laughs> or Maltesers, malt balls. The Maltesers sound terrible, but I'm not eating anything called a jelly baby. Okay. A refresher. It's something that's impossible to unwrap and has a small burst of powdered sherbet or lemon sherbets, more powdered sherbet filling. And that's so sour, it's going to make your lips pucker and your eyes water. <laughs> what was the first one? Refresher or lemon yeah. sherbets. Refresher. Fruit gums, which are chewy fruit candy like juji fruit, right? Or polo mints, basically crap lifesavers. Okay, I'm going to go the first one. Uh, fruit gums okay fruit gums yeah sounds like only a few that, more that sounds kind of nasty but you're, you're doing great Kirby. only a few more uh dairy milk which i know is super creamy milk chocolate or a mars bar which is basically their version of a milky way yeah i'll go mars bar all right flake which is thin layers of milk chocolate kind of folded over each other or twirl it's the same as a flake but it's covered in it would give me milk chocolate oh behave <laughs> Now I'm tense. Uh, I'm going to go with flake on that one just because you just gross me out. Two more. How about a Jaffa cake, Kirby? A cookie, or in this case, a biscuit. Uh, it's got a cookie base, a sweet jam, and a smothering of dark chocolate, or a double decca. Crispy rice topped with nougat and marshmallow wrapped in ooey gooey Cadbury chocolate. Hey. <laughs> I was going to go with that one. Now I, I'm going with the first one. Jaffa cake. Last one, Kirby. Rhubarb and custard. Gross. It's called a sucky sweet hard candy <laughs> or a curly whirly curry that's thick, golden thick caramel covered in ooey gooey milk chocolate. You just behave. Neither. <laughs> no, you have to pick one. Curly whirly, just because I remember what the name was. All right. Well, <laughs> hopefully the dog pound's going to approve of this, but I got to tell you, you spoke <laughs> earlier about the soapbox. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, you spoke earlier about the amazing soapbox platform, and I usually ask you to give a testimonial. Well, I don't know why people should trust you, so I really don't want to hear what you have to say about soapbox. Here are some actual quotes from other distributors who use the platform. This comes from Chris Wachowiak, who's a great guy, Ronan Branding in Illinois. He said, I cannot say effectively through email the gratitude I feel for what you've created here for distributors like me. This was an epic experience. I love that. That's awesome. How about Brian Jolin from Jolin Promotions? A great afternoon of Soapbox virtual meetings. Lots of good ideas, strengthening of relationships. As a distributor, it was time and energy well spent. Mm -hmm. You don't get those type of, of reactions from in-person events. That's what Soapbox has created, this awesome virtual platform. So if you're a distributor who sells 500,000 pounds or dollars more or more, 
So if you're British, you sell 500,000 pounds, they want you to. <laughs> it's time to get up on the soapbox. But seriously, if you sell more than $500,000, it is time to get up on the soapbox. Complete the request info form on promosoapbox.com or simply send an email to info at promosoapbox and mention your pals Kirby Lasso and Bill Kent. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <sighs> Stupid barking means it's over, right? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh.